It's the guy the shit, Nick fucking Gage. And I want to give a shout out to my murder death kill gang members around the world. I want to give a shout out to all my boys locked up in a cell, Eastern Block. And I want to give a shout out to my hate club, RIP Nay Hatred, and RIP my brother Justice Payne. And you're listening to the podcast called A Man in His Podcast. You better go listen to that shit or I'll put my ski mask on and hunt you down and force you to listen to that podcast. So go listen to it. A man in his podcast. MDK all motherfucking day. Free my boy two six. What's up, you guys? It's another episode of A Man and His Podcast. Today, we have a very special guest, Lucha Chris. Say what's up. Let the people know who you are, what you do. Oh, what's going on, everybody? I'm Lucha Chris. Lucha Chris Merzano. Uh, I'm just a huge mark in a mask and uh, among various other things. But yeah, that's pretty much the gist of it. I'm a glorified mark. Let's put it that way. All right, yeah, I was gonna. I remember when I first met you. Actually, hold on, wait, 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 wait. Before we get into this, I gotta do something. You did say you were gonna do something at the beginning. I've Let's got see something it. I've gotta do. I've never done it on a podcast. I've never done it anywhere, and I'm gonna do it on your show. Bet you good with that? I'm down. All right, you, are you scared? Are you worried? Are you excited? I'm scared of that dog that won't shut up. That's bones. Oh, you're not about to unmask, are you? What? Who, who said anything about who said anything about unmasking? Hold on one second. Alright. So are are you ready for this? You sure? <laughs> Nerd. All right, all right. That I, I had a fi- I had a feeling you were gonna do that. I had a feeling you were gonna do the uh, sting, taking the mask off, and yeah, man, having the a mask on. Yeah, you, come on, man. This is my face. Actually, to be honest, I had to wear the uh, the beer drinking mask because it's got the open mouth. Normally, okay. I got this guy. But uh, but yeah, I gotta have a beverage. So, anyways, I'm sorry. Go ahead with your uh, go ahead. No, no, you're good. First time I met you, though, it was, uh, I forgot exactly what show, but it was at one of the Glory Pro shows with when they had the stage set up and uh, the Knights of Columbus. I just remember going up to your table and I fucking, I just wore this shirt the other day. I went up to your table and I talked to you and the other guys and I, you gave me a uh, Booty Heel shirt or whatever. Oh, the band from Ringside. Band, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I seen you at the show that had Lutra Brills versus Besties 2. And I went up to you and I said something. I was like, oh, what's up, man? I listen to your podcast all the time. And you look at me dead in the eyes and you go, no, you fucking don't, Mark. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, man. Yeah, I mean, hey, look, okay. So especially at those Glory Pro shows, like, um, you know, we spent all day, a lot of times me spent all day at either the Glory Pro shows. We did a uh, Bantam Ringside podcast, a podcast I used to be a part of. It's still going strong today and even stronger. Um, you can find them on Twitter at BFR pod, YouTube, Facebook, everywhere, uh, Spotify. So anyways, we would sponsor some of their events and we'd set up our booth with a bunch of our shirts and whatever. And, uh, most of the time I'm there almost as long as everybody else that's there setting up the show. Um, yeah. and so by the time the show starts, I got a few drinks in me and by the end of the show, when people come up to the table and introduce themselves, I've had a few drinks in me. And so, yeah, I get a little snappy and uh, might call might call somebody out every once in a while. 
Well, I remember at one of the Anarchy shows, I was just sitting there and enjoying my time, and my phone starts dinging, and it <laughs> says, Lucha Chris mentioned you in a comment. Lucha Chris uh, mentioned you in a post, and it says, I spotted, uh, I spotted Jake. Should I go slap him or something? I was like, who the fuck is this guy? Because I... The Anarchy show I went to, yeah. That was one of the last ones, but that was like, you were one of the first, like, fellow fans, I guess you could say, that's pointed me out. Oh, and yeah. like, because I just, I feel like I'm invisible. I feel like nobody recognizes me. I don't know why, but like, I've had uh, you, I've had Papa Kinley. That's the one that gets me every time. Anytime I'm in at Spalding Hall, especially at the bar buying a pizza, he'll yeah. come up to me and he'll, what's up, Jake? And I'll turn around, like, oh shit, what's up, Papa? Especially when Papa recognize me, I ain't shit. <laughs> Papa Kinley though, man, if he says what's up, you know, you're going somewhere. I love it when people call me by squints. Whenever I uh, I was talking to Big Beef because I was trying to set up something with him doing a podcast after the show, but it fell through or whatever. But uh, one of my friends came up to me and they're like, hey, squint. Or they said my name like three times and I just didn't hear them. And then as soon as I said squints, I turned around. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, man, that's, that's, the, that's one of the, honestly, one of the best parts of, especially like indie wrestling. You can, you can do it at a lot of the bigger like WWE events and stuff like that, too. Most of us are still going to those shows as well. Um, but is you don't have to try to stand out. If you're there all the time, you're a loyalist. You love what you're there for, like everybody else. It's kind of just like going to some weird church. You know, you, you don't have to stand out. Everybody ends up recognizing you because we're all there all the time. It's like almost being back in school sometimes. So No, and uh, July 9th, you won't give me an answer, but I'm going to be there on July 9th at Anarchy. <laughs> And yeah, like I just have butterflies on my stomach and like, especially since the whole pandemic started, I feel like one with the podcast, everybody knows me better and I talk to everybody. Right. So now I can actually reach out and talk to people at shows because I used to be real nervous, but also like I get to see fucking like Connors, a dude that I've been talking to for years and I've never met, but yeah, me, yeah. And him, me and him are finally going to get to meet and see each other. Just all the fellow fan artists, it's just gonna, it's gonna be one big giant like family reunion is what it's gonna feel like. Yeah, honestly, man, again, not saying I'm gonna be there or not yet, uh, but regardless, it's exciting for anybody involved. It's gotta be exciting for Matt Jackson and, and everybody involved with putting it together, all the talent, Gary J, like all of those guys have been back in the circuit since things have been kind of opening back up. Um, but being able to, I mean, St. Louis in general, but I think in Missouri, you know, wrestling's exploding more than it has in many, many years. Just in Missouri and the Midwest alone is taking it over. Um, so having a staple like Anarchy finally coming back after all this time, it's 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 super exciting, man. I'm, I'm same with uh, out here in Kansas City, you know, Journey Pro. They they had an amazing run, and then it was yeah. kind of really depressing. They just disappeared, and we weren't sure if they'd be back. And they sold out for this event um, on July 30th out here before they even announced the entire card. So the fact that they sold out before they even got to the to the headliner or the main event or any of that kind of stuff, like that's that's proof that we've been clamoring to get back at these shows. No, and like like you, it's just, I'll die on this hill, and I get in arguments with it on Twitter with people almost on a monthly basis about it. But I'm going to die on this hill, like the Midwest. It's the best territory right now when it comes to independent wrestling. We have so many promotions that are like the fact that like, so there's Paradigm, there's Anarchy, Glory, Journey Pro, WrestleMax, all of those. The fact that I just named all five and the fact that people call five of those the best independent on the scene right now. And yeah. a lot of them, like a lot of them are from out of town too. Like there's somebody that drives from, uh, where do they, Alabama. Somebody bought season tickets yeah. for Anarchy from Alabama. Like that's yeah. not just that's not just local fans saying anarchy's the best. If you have somebody that's driving a 10-hour drive once a month for a wrestling yeah. show, you're doing something right, man. I mean, shit, dude. I'm from born and raised in St. Louis. Obviously, I live out here in KC now, but I'm driving from where I live to where anarchy is going to be. It's gonna be a little over a five-hour drive, you know. So yeah. You know, so, but I, I remember being at a Glory Pro show a few years ago and there was people from LA there. Now they were there, they, they kind of doubled up and did some other things. Like they came to see the Glory Pro show, 
Um, but they were also there. They visited some family or whatever while they were on the trip. So it wasn't just one straight shot for that. But regardless, that's why they came out was for the for Journey Pro. And I mean, look at the look at the talent pool like in all of indies right now. Like even just the fact you know Kurt Stallion you know being released from WWE, which is good and bad. It sucks because he just got there. But at the same time, I'm gonna love to see him back. You know, I'm selfishly I can't wait to see. Kurt Stallion in, in that atmosphere again. But I mean, he's a Texas boy, but we know him as a St. Louis guy, you know? So it's, they're, they're everywhere. St. Louis, Warhorse, for fuck's sake, you know? Like, oh, dude, yeah. St. Louis is everywhere. Gary J, obviously, one of the biggest names in the, in the Indies. And, you know, St. Louis guy. Like, there's so many of them, man. So, like, yeah, man, the Midwest and with NWA bringing their all women's uh, pay per view to the chase. And if I'm not mistaken, it's been since 1989 since NWA had a pay-per-view or a show at the Chase, wrestling at the Chase. St. Louis's, I mean, at the time it was NWA's heart. Um, that's just that's proof right there that it's St. Louis has just always been where it's at. No, exactly. Not only the women's pay-per-view, but they're having their anniversary show at the Chase, bro. Yeah, yeah their yeah. anniversary. Like it's. I feel like in like I've what's it called slowly been drifting away from pro wrestling. Like mm -hmm. I, I don't watch it, but I still keep up and follow and like still mark out at moments. But right. like the fact that I like I'm not hearing about the chase being ran again, like having uh, a show at the chase again, which I don't know if they've tried, but I think I overheard KLD say on Twitter once that they've tried and they weren't budging. Uh, but like, kind of, yeah. So that's basically what wrestling at the Grandel was supposed to turn into, which I'm sure is still supposed to become a thing. Um, but yeah, Grandel Theater uh, in St. Louis, there's the whole wrestling at Grandel. There's the Grandel Wrestling Podcast. Um, and it's, you know, it's got KLD involved and, and some other people that are uh, my buddy Joey, uh, friend of BFR and stuff like that. So they've got something they were trying to start. And the whole idea was to try to either do it at the chase i'm pretty sure if i'm not mistaken that was their their initial idea uh grandel is beautiful you know so it, there i guess there is a, a a whole generation though that may not be completely aware that wrestling at the chase was a thing and such a big deal you know i mean i'm almost too young to know that that was a thing uh so there's a select few people of a certain generation that are even aware that that's special you know what i mean no exactly i grew up with my dad telling me about his dad. So mm -hmm. my grandpa talking about it. So like, Same. it's just something that's like family's been talking about it forever. And I'm going to try my damn hardest to get there just so I can say, I went to the chase and watched the wrestling show at the chase. Like it's, I feel like that's something that should be on. If not every wrestling fan, at least St. Louis wrestling fans bucket list is to go to the chase to watch. A oh show. yeah. A hundred percent. And it's going to be crazy. It's going to be a crazy couple months, honestly, because we've got anarchy coming up next week or, or depending on when this comes out, you know, July 9th um, and then journey pro July 30th. And then I'm still waiting on the AEW full gear tickets to drop for the St. Louis event. It's in August. And then right after that is NWA at the chase. So St. Louis is, is getting, getting a, a heavy, heavy dose of uh, some epic pro wrestling here coming up. So I'm going to correct you. Full gear is in November. Because I that's what I said. Don't correct me. So I because I will because I got tickets got tickets to Dynamite last March. My stepmom, she oh, bought yeah. she bought them, and then it just kept on getting pushed back. So like what's happening is, from my understanding, is I'm getting tickets to the Rampage for the Go Home Show for Full Gear. But I'm going to try to buy that's my dope. own. Yeah, I'm going to try to buy my tickets to Full Gear. Just had a double shot. It's going to be hard, dude. I mean, that's probably why now that now that you remind me that it's in November, like that makes sense why tickets still haven't gone on sale yet. But it's going to go like that. Oh, like, so the BFR guys. So it's me, BFR uh, on Twitter, BFR JCB, BFR Zach, BFR Bill. Um, we've all got like a text thread and we're always on it. Like, hey, anybody heard about the tickets yet? Because we're going to try to get a four pack of them. So just so we we because we could all get them separately, but we want to sit together clearly. Yeah, um, that funny story about those guys. Not that anybody, it, people may or may not know that I was uh, on that podcast is, uh, and I I took over the spot for Murray Man for a short period of time before I moved out to Kansas City. Um, and uh, 
the first time, so I was introduced to that podcast through a mutual friend of mine, Katie, and uh, they have like a little Facebook group. I jumped in there. I had been chatting back and forth with those guys or whatever and all the other people in that group. And I bought a ticket to Raw. And I, I forget exactly what year it was, but I get there, I sit down, there's a guy next to me and his buddy next to him. And we introduce ourselves, but we weren't really paying attention too much. And uh, finally, somewhere along the lines during the show, I think it was Bill from, you know, the host of Band from Ringside podcast, who I'd been kind of associated with here for a couple months at this time, like turns around. He's like, wait a minute, you're you're Luchacris? Like from Friends of BFR on Facebook? I was like, yeah, what's up? He's like, Bill, BFR. I was like, oh shit. We just happened to buy tickets to this to this Raw and end up sitting right next to each other, completely unplanned. Uh, that, that was crazy. So I feel like I have ticket karma, good ticket karma for wrestling shows. So hopefully we can get those tickets for AEW in November. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> uh no, I'm excited for that. The because AEW, I feel like I, I know for a fact Cody himself wants in St. Louis just for like we've said the oh, history yeah. of St. Louis wrestling. Like, His dad loves St. Louis, man. Yeah. And what's it called? Like, I'm just gonna go over some big moments that have happened in St. Louis to show that we're at St. Louis City. Good. Raw 1000, yep. which it appears I'm gonna fucking reveal on my Patreon, which I'm not happy about because I hate, I've tried rewatching because I, I was there live and I hate rewatching shows I was at live. Yeah. But we had Raw 1000. We had Cody and Goldust win the tag titles here at one point. We had yep. Sting's debut. We've yep. had Undertaker return here at uh, Battleground 2015. Like yep. we've just had moment Shit, after moment. Kane tearing the, Kane's debut, tearing the, the, the door off the hell in the cell cage. That was St. Louis. Bad boy. Exactly. John Cena again drafted the role. That was in St. Louis. So many, so many. And then like a sad one, which wasn't intentional, but Owen Hart's memorial. Like it's yep. just St. Yeah, Louis. That happened is a... in Kansas City the night before. Wait, oh yeah, 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 yeah. He passed away in Kansas City and then, yep. the, okay. Yeah, and so that's just five off the top of my head that are like, that just shows that we're a big city and then we're getting the full gear, which is a big deal. That's, that's cool as hell, man. I'm excited because again, I haven't been to an AEW show yet. Um, you know, and I've been to plenty of WWE events. I've been to hundreds of indie events. Um, I never, I never got to see any ECW or WCW, unfortunately, uh, even though I, I never really grew up much of a WCW fan to begin with. But uh, so this is fun. It's going to be fun to go see because, I mean, to be honest, I keep up, but I don't really watch main roster WWE products. Um, yeah. I do keep up with what's going on. I have to, but I'm full on at this point a AEW mark when it comes to television wrestling like i just love their storytelling and their talent jungle boy is the shit but anyway so it's gonna be super exciting for me personally to be able to get there and, and see some wrestling i've been marking out on for the last couple of years yeah the best way to describe AEW to me is like the fact so like it's been a couple of years since they've started but that first episode of Dynamite, we, my house, we will all watch wrestling, or keep up with wrestling, I should say. Yeah. But we never really all watch it together unless it's a big pay-per-view like the Rumble, Mania, etc. The first episode of Dynamite, we had everybody, like my dad, little brother, stepmom, we were all in the living room watching it. So that was a cool moment for me. Like, yeah, it's awesome. And my dad, <laughs> my dad, I walked in in his room because that's where I turn on Dynamite. I'll turn mm -hmm. it on in his room and I'll walk back and forth just peep in and he'll just walk in there, grab a uh, cigarettes or whatever, and then go out to the garage. He went into the garage or he went into his bedroom and I walked in after him. And next thing you know, he's sitting on the bed, crossed arms, watching the TV. And I was like, Oh, you enjoying this dad? He's like, he's like, this dude was the face paint. He's getting fucking tossed around. He just got tossed into the ring pole. I'm like, Oh, that's Darby, Darby Allen. Allen. <laughs> <laughs> so then I gave him a whole rundown of Darby Allen. And then I gave him a rundown about how Darby Allen and Ethan page had a big feud. And, evolve and then that's he's awesome. like and they're having that coffin match and he was in the living room when they announced that he's like oh that's damn cool so like it's the he won't admit it but he's a wrestling fan he says oh i just keep up i'm like i catch you sitting there watching the shows dad you're a wrestling fan man my my parents could give a flying fuck less about wrestling 
uh, they love that I love it because it's been this way. Like, apparently, I don't really have a lot of these memories, but my mom says her grandma was obsessed with wrestling. My great-grandma was obsessed with wrestling in the chase days. So yeah. early on, Dick the Bruiser, like all, all that era, Rick Fla- early Ric Flair. And uh, apparently there's she has vivid memories of me sitting on her lap watching wrestling while she's throwing beer cans at the TV, all, you know, just into it. So it had to have come from her, you know, but I grew up obsessed with it. Even when we didn't have cable, I found a way to watch. I, I was a big tape trainer when I was a kid. Um, and, uh, but yeah, they don't care. My brother, his wife and their six-year-old daughter love wrestling. They watch Raw and SmackDown every week. From time to time, I can convince them to watch some AEW or a pay-per-view at least. Um, they catch up on uh, NXT pay-per-view. So at least I've got them to kind of in the family to bounce off of. But my parents, they, my mom thought it was cool. But like when I was a younger teenager, I would make her walk, come down the next like Tuesday morning and uh, we'd have like raw T-Mode or whatever it was. And I would make her watch the entire Undertaker entrance like every time, every time. And she's looking at me like she doesn't get it, but she or she's looking at TV, doesn't really get it. But she's looking at me like all geeked out, like, look at him walk so slow in the purple light. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's the cheesiest shit ever. But I was so obsessed with it, man. So like. As far as my parents go, they could give a fuck less about wrestling, but they love that I'm about. Ab- they love that I'm about it. Let's put it that way. Yeah. So my my understanding is my dad watched it, and then he said when he had me, he quit watching it because one, he had a kid and he didn't have enough time to buy the pay per views and watch it all the time. And Fair apparently, enough. there's a story of I was watching a pay per view or an event with him, like a Raw. And I got scared yeah. whenever I was like one or two and got scared. So he stopped watching it. Ah, But like, but he's what's it called? He tells me stories all the time about like, he's like, oh yeah, I used to flip back and forth during the uh, Monday night wars. And it's just, he's starting to get back into it. So that's real fun. And then like my stepmom, she's watched it her whole life. And then you better not show the can on this. I, I can't get copyright striked. No, no, it's a Sandman koozie oh that's sick <laughs> that's badass i don't have a cane or a, but a uh phone with it if i had one but that's badass uh i actually have a singapore cane in my little brother's room we got it at an Shit. indie event uh but no my uh my stepmom she's been watching it forever my dad's been watching it since he was a little kid so it's it's obviously like a family tradition. And even my grandpa. That's cool. My my earliest memory of wrestling is two things. One, my grandpa calling me down to the basement whenever uh John Cena came out. John Cena made his debut. And then also when Brock Lesnar That was the exact moment. Like I remember <laughs> that. Like I remember sitting on my grandpa's bed watching that. And he's like, Oh, look at this kid. He's he thinks he can beat Kurt Angle, Jaco. And then he 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 hated public events like he hated going out in big crowds, but he took me whenever I was like four to my first ever SmackDown house show in November of 2004. And I remember to this day, like my mom brings it up and my grandpa would bring it up to the day he died that I made them waste their money because 20 minutes in, I got scared that the Undertaker was going to come out. So I made them take me (laughs) home. Dude. Okay. So the Undertaker regardless of like all the real life stuff that has come out about you know what side he's on and all that bullshit yeah i really could give a fuck less i don't i'm not a fan of the dude i'm a fan of the undertaker you know what i mean so like that can all be pushed aside just to start that off but like yeah honestly that character is responsible for so much of my upbringing like the fact that i have tattoos 100 undertaker the fact that i had long black hair at one point Undertaker and Ozzy Osbourne, you know, the, the, my kind of slight obsession with dark, obscure beauty of things, fucking Undertaker, like that character has always been, now I'm not saying he wasn't creepy, so I'm not devaluing your, <laughs> your fear, your early uh, fear of the Undertaker, because, and dude, that's fucking, you grow up now, you look back, like, that dude scared the shit out of me, job well done, you know? Exactly. Like, so, but, uh, but yeah, man, Undertaker was always a big, um, as a matter of fact, the first time I ever trained 
to wrestle uh, was I was wearing an Undertaker shirt and some pants I made with the Undertaker symbols on. So that was <laughs> that was hilarious. It, whenever I got, I, got, uh, I got spine bustered by uh, or not spine, but scoot slammed by Dan to be Severin. And uh, my back's never been the same ever since. You've told me that story. I was 120 pounds at the time. Dan the Beast Severin's like 900 pounds at the time. And uh, that was almost the extent of my wrestling training at that point. My God. I uh, I didn't do training. I did backyard. I did so, some of that too. And <laughs> my That's whole what led us into training. Yeah. I, a lot of the guys that did the, did the backyard ended up going training. But I, what's it called? I did everything in the backyard. I was the ring announcer, commentator, referee. But whenever I did try wrestling, because we'd have these practices where we'd go to my friend's yard, go to the ring and practice or whatever, my whole move set was based off of Shinsuke. I don't know why. I think it was mainly because I didn't. He's a bad motherfucker. I think it was because I could not take a bump to save my life. I hate it, like falling on my back. And I was like, oh, well, majority of his moves are just hit as hard as you fucking can. And yeah, I mean, that's a anytime after that Dan the Beast Severin slam, like I was like, all right, I could pretty much be slammed on the mat by anyone at this point because I've just my first fucking real bump was the, possibly the worst bump I could have taken. So, but that was the extent of uh, that promotion's way of training young talent. Um, we, we got there, we paid our money to uh, to train, uh, and uh. We'd set up the ring and whatever and do all that. And then if there was any time afterwards, we could kind of roll around in there and maybe somebody would get in and teach us something. Luckily, you know, Dan came in every once in a while, but he didn't really have a lot to do with us. And then uh, uh, Dingo, um, which I don't know, it may not be a familiar name to you or not, but he was an early legend in St. Louis. Um, He was one of the only guys, younger guys, that would get in the ring and actually try to really show us some things. And to this day, like he's semi-active on social media these days. He seems like he's trying to slowly creep out and kind of kind of get into the social media game a little bit here. But uh, like not, you know, whether or not he ever sees this I'm, I'm, and he wouldn't know who I was if he saw me today. But I'm extremely grateful for him and my buddy Rodney as well, who trained with me because um, he actually tried that promotion was shit. I'm not even going to mention the name of it. It's not around anymore, so it really doesn't matter. Uh, but uh, but yeah, anyways, I was extremely grateful for uh, for him to do that. But yeah, my first bump was my worst bump, and from that point forward, I was like, you know what? This shit, I could probably take a choke slam from The Undertaker and be okay in comparison. Oh yeah, that sounds brutal. I had one bad bump I took. My friend went to give me a fucking T-bone suplex. And he said, jump on three. And I said, jump when? And he said, on three. And I said, okay. And he goes, one, two. And, like, lifted me before three. And I couldn't jump. So he just, like, deadlift uh, T-boned me. And I didn't flip in time because I was confused on what was happening. I thought he was just showing me what the movements were. And I landed straight on my head. I was just laying in the middle of my friend's, like, ring. And I was just laying there, busted nose. And I was like... Uh, I couldn't feel my face for like five minutes. That was terrifying. Because so you, you were you originally wrote the the song by the weekend. Can't feel my face. <laughs> that's the song that it reminded me of. I can't feel my. I can't. I think that song's about cocaine. Well, now it's about uh, you getting t boned, getting, getting t boned by some dude in the backyard. But hell yeah, no that the backyard that was fun because it was fun. Just it was like bringing my friends all together and we were just all doing what we used to do just wrestle around but this time in front we had a 60 person audience at one point so that was that was fun and that's that's, we had my mom come out to that that was (laughs) my mom and her friends who don't know anything about wrestling showed up just because i said oh it's just my way to describe it to them was i was like basically you guys are just going to show up bring a cooler drink have fun and that's the best way to promote it like i mean you just wrestling yeah wrestling (laughs) i can't just come on in yell at the people whatever you want to do man 
I wish <laughs> I wish I could say now that I'm 22, I can finally drink at a wrestling show. But unfortunately, I've been doing that since I was 18. <laughs> making a making a fool of myself at making a fool of my uh, of myself at shows at like 18 and 19 years old. All right, just try to, you know, try to be 35 and do that shit. It ain't any better. And I'm wearing a goddamn wrestling mask while I'm doing it. So like the amount of times I've been in a wrestling show, because the last, okay, so one of the, no, it was the last Journey Pro show, um, Space Age Love Song 2, Electric Boogaloo. Uh, it was like, so when they do their, their uh, Space Age Love Song show, it's like, a, like everybody dresses kind of nice, you know, it's like a, you know, just come, come wearing your best. So I was wearing my, my, my white fur coat. I was wearing my the dress dripping from head to toe, my friend dripping and uh the amount of people that came up to me who aren't regulars like at the at kansas hall where they where they had the events uh there was a lot of um just people who just go to the bar from time to time there's a lot of businessmen and stuff that would just kind of wander in which was awesome because they were they were kind of fun because they had no idea what was going on and everybody kept coming up to me like when are you getting in when are you getting in the ring it's like, yeah, I'm not a fucking wrestler, man. I'm just, I bought a ticket like you did. Like, as much as I would like to get involved at some point, I'm always actively trying to creep my way into the business in some way or another, not to wrestle. Let me make that clear. Uh, it's funny, though, because I'm that dude who wears one of two masks at every single show. There's people that have, you specifically, have met me without my mask on and have no clue. <laughs> like <laughs> the, the amount of people that have met me with and without the mask and think I'm too completely they have no clue that I'm the same person and it it is the best thing in my life. I'm just that, put that up. That just my blew favorite. my mind because that's the first I've ever heard of me meeting you without you a mask. Me twice. Twice without my mask. So that's, that's <laughs> just, crazy to saying, me. Like living the that's gimmick. That's crazy. Living the gimmick. Yeah. No, it, so, it's so yeah. Just being a market at the show, people people assume I'm a wrestler because I got a mask on. That's funny. It's funny you say uh, the gimmick or whatever because I'm trying my best to make Squints my name, like not name, but yeah. like the what people no, refer to me as branding. and shit. Yeah, my brand. And it's funny because it just popped up on my Facebook memories. I put on uh, Facebook. I said something like, "Oh, officially started college today," which failed miserably that didn't last long but every, a couple times Sorry. and what i was gonna do people were like they were commenting like oh girl you're getting the radio broadcast and please go on the radio as squints and i was like that was three years ago and now here i am i have a podcast referring to myself as squints like and it, it's hey, all funny congratulations on having this podcast man you haven't quit i like it i actually almost quit and i forever grateful that I did it. I almost quit. I quit from November till March. Actually, I just quit upload. I didn't quit uploading. I just uploaded when I won it. And then something in March, I don't know. I just had like a, I just had a feeling that I needed to bring it back, but you were somebody I've been talking to for like literally two years about this. Cause I remember like, I used to message you on Facebook and then we slowly started talking on Twitter. Also just me like, picking your brain about just content creation because that's what i wanted to do in the long run and it appears podcasting is hey, let's put it this let, let's put it this way <clears throat> whatever level your podcast or your content is at at this moment it, it takes a lot of fucking work and people don't realize that content creation podcasting or not content creation is really fucking hard to keep up with it's easy to do sometimes but it's a hustle dude and if you're not ready to hustle it you're not going to do it. Look at me as, as an example. Like, yeah, I, I'm, you say a lot that I'm, I'm a positive influence on you keeping going. When's the last time you heard me do a podcast before this, you know? So now granted, I've got a lot of shit going on. That's not really an excuse, but um, yeah, man, like you're, you're doing a great job in my opinion, man. You really are. You're, you're sticking in there. Even if you take some breaks, you still jump back into it. People are aware of it. Like you're always posting, like, Honestly, man, you're, you're, you're killing it. So, um, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm just glad you haven't, you haven't, uh, second guessed yourself enough to just all out quit yet. I think what really got me is I 
finally bought equipment. Like, because at yeah. first I was, at first I was just recording off my phone because that's actually what you told me to do when I first met you years ago, you said record yeah, off man. your phone. And then that started like, I was like, all right, well now I need to start doing something where I can have guests, where I can have video. And right. I like in November, I bought this laptop and then February I bought the microphone and then I, now it's like all coming together. But I just actually uh, put in time uh, off at work. I requested for, uh, like two specific days. I just told my manager, I was like, you need to give me Monday, Tuesday off or Tuesday, Wednesday off. And he's like, well, what for? And I was like, to record the podcast and to edit the podcast. And he's like, all right, I respect that. Yeah, because it's got to do, man. Because I put it out on Twitter and it's my pinned tweet, I'm pretty sure. And I said that this time next year, I want this to be a, a second part-time job. And then two years from now, I want this to be a my main job like main I'll, job. the yeah exactly and now like because i was what's it called i was like i need to start doing something about this and that's why i started the patreon last night so that's awesome by the way yeah hey everybody check out his patreon would you uh the patreon is three tiers three dollars gets you video and you get to see mine and uncle chris's lovely faces uh the five dollar one you get $5, you get video on top of a bonus segment that I will be posting. And the, yeah. And then, and then $7 gets you video bonus segment. Plus, I'm going to do an extra solo episode every... I'm going to try to do it every two weeks of me reviewing a show. I'm going to try to spread it nice. out. So, and I think, I think the first... About, go ahead. Uh, I think the first one is going to be Raw 1000, and I'm not sure when that's going to be out, but it'll be out. So I'm thinking about making a uh, an OnlyFans, but it's going to be called Only Masks. And uh, I'm going to keep my mask on, but take all of my clothes off. Only Masks? Only Masks. Uh, it's just going to be pictures of... Shawn Michaels from Playgirl with my face superimposed <laughs> over top of it. And I'm going to charge a lot for it. But um, somebody also said that if you wanted to pay them $5,000, I tweeted that out. And uh, another masked fellow uh, tweeted back and said that he would do it, but he would charge $5,000 to take his mask off. I was like, well, shit, I just did it for squints for free. So you took so, one yeah. mask off to have to have another mask on. I took one mask off to reveal my face. Don't come on, bro. I still can't. Well, I'm. I'm still trying to think. Style. I'm just trying to think about how you said I've seen you without a mask. Like now, that's just messing with me. <laughs> because like now, I'm trying to think of times that I've like could have, and I think I have a general idea of when. Once you talked to me with my mask on. And then probably like an hour or so, he was, or no, you talked to me without it. I said, what's up, man? I just, I didn't introduce myself. I just said, hey, so it probably confused you. And, uh, and then like 45 minutes later, I, I was texting you and saying, hey, I see squints. So okay. There's been okay. times where I was there beforehand without my mask on and just said, what's up? Like, okay, so there's a, a handful of wrestlers who know me without it. There's a handful of people who know me without it. Obviously, the BFR guys. And there's, and honestly, like as much as I live the gimmick, I don't really give a, a shit if people know. I mean, shit. My Twitter through part of the pandemic, I had taken the mask off, and people were kind of like pissed off about it. Um, and almost immediately, I changed it right back. But the only reason I did that is because I was trying to promote my Twitch at the time, and with on my Twitch, I was. I was working as my unmasked alter ego. Uh, and then, you know, I, that kind of fell through because I don't care about content creation, but uh, streaming gaming is real fucking hard. Uh, <laughs> I was doing it every single day for at least three hours to four hours a day. And on my day off, or on my days off, like nine to 10 hours off and on. And uh, that shit was fucking brutal, my friend. Let me just put that out there. So I, I'm thinking about going back into podcasting. I've got some other, some fun stuff working with uh, 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 an indie darling, if you will, that may or may not happen here soon. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm probably never going to go back to live gaming unless it's just like 
every once in a great while. Yeah. That shit is that shit is tough. What's your uh, favorite video game to play? Currently? Currently? Yeah, uh, currently. Probably Rust. It's a PC game. It just dropped on console recently too, but the console version is dog shit uh, until they f- patch a lot of shit, which who knows? We all know how that goes. Uh, but uh, Rust is is extremely toxic, but I love it. To be honest, just my brainless... I say brainless, but I, I, I put a lot of work into it. So I, play, I still play 2K19 and 2K20, WWE, but that's because yeah. I grew and make... Like on my 2020 right now, I've got 36 custom-made wrestlers. Three of them are real, like people that are a real thing. And then the rest of them are my personal creations. And I just fantasy book my own promotions. I put all my own logos into it. I make my own arenas, my own championships. So a lot of times I'll just go in there to fantasy book. Uh, Here recently, I've gotten back into TEW, which is Total Extreme Wrestling. I just realized last year they put out a new one for the first time in years and uh still kind of getting used to how it works but it's another just fantasy booking type game uh otherwise like i love the hitman games i still play a lot of those uh grounded is pretty dope it's a pc game where it's basically honey i shrunk the kids but it's a video game you're stuck in the backyard it's awesome fucking i i've seen that actually i've seen uh i've seen uh, I forgot who it was, but I I get on uh, Twitch every now and then and just see what games are on, and I'll I've watched that before. That looks like a fun game. It's it's cool as hell, especially if you've got it's up to four players cooperative. So if you've got like three friends, you can just run around this massive backyard fighting giant ants and fucking giant orb weavers and building stuff out of blades of grass and shit. It's fun as hell. It's cool. One game that I actually tried downloading it on my last uh, laptop before it shot shit, it was, uh, what was it? It was like a simulation, because that's the games I'm into, the simulators. It Hand was, uh, Simulator. What is it? Yeah, I was just kidding. Uh, there's a game called Hand Simulator, and it's hilarious. It's It was a home home remodeling or something, or ho- house flipper. Oh, house flipper simulator. Fun, yeah, yeah. Those games are fun. Yeah, there's I one. I play The Sims. The Sims, what? you just build the house and then kill the family. There's uh, one developer. They uh, they make all sorts of games. They have, like, the house flipper one. But then my favorite one that I used to watch on Twitch all the time, it was called Drug Dealing Simulator. And it was just yeah, you were a drug, de- drug dealer <laughs> yeah. simulator or something. And it was so funny. You were, like, running around the block, running away from cops, getting in gang wars. I was like, this game looks badass. Just like the real thing. Yeah, like you would know. <laughs> Hey, I'm gangster as a motherfucker. You don't know. But uh, the one game that I've been playing, I've been playing it for like two years, is Red Dead Two. That game takes forever, and like it's one of those games. One of those games I'll play for like two or three weeks at a time, and then I'll take like a, I'll take about six months off of playing it, and then I'll start playing it again for two or three weeks at a time. Take some time off. Well. And that's because it's one of those games, like the story is so incredible that it's hard to walk away from the story and do anything else. But it's also so easy to just ride your horse into the into the forest and just like, just do that. Like, yeah. There's, you, it's so, you just get off the trail and find a, a group of KKK members in the woods that are talking a bunch of shit and then fucking light them all on fire. Because, yeah. you know, fuck those guys. Or... You can go and find like an old cabin that's got some weird fucking satanic ritual going on underneath. And you look up at 3 a.m. and there's a UFO above you. Yeah. So many little hidden Easter eggs. And like you can just get lost in that game for hours and hours and hours and never play the story, even though the story is absolutely incredible. Incredible. Well, I think Rockstar even came out and said that there's some Easter eggs that people still haven't found. Yeah, I bet. Like... There's the one from GTA five that's got like the it's on top of that mountain thing. And that's yeah. supposed to somehow translate into Red Dead Two as well. I don't know how it works, but uh I know what you're talking about. So like the Mount Chiliad or whatever you're talking yeah, about. Exactly. At the bottom of it, there's like this uh cave that has boards on it. But if yeah. you blow up the boards, you can go into the cave. And apparently one of the caves is 
a cave that you can find in uh I forgot the city name in Red Dead, but apparently they're similar. Like they're yeah. identical. And I'm like, that's badass that they have that. They have like the the what's it called? Um like yeah, the forbidden and, and door. They're in the same universe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because there's also there's there's books in GTA five. Or no, no, there's books in Red Dead 2 that mention names from the first Red Dead and they're in Red or in, in GTA 5 they mention things that were in the Red Dead universe like so clearly they're all kind of in the same world that by the way GTA 5 came out in 2012 it is still one of the most actively bought and used played games ever still yeah. to this day they're making money on that game like it's <sighs> eight years old and i think it's still getting like thousands of buys a day and downloads well, and all that online online alone playing it online like people are buying shark cards still left and right and that shit's like anywhere from five excuse me five dollars to a hundred dollars a fucking shark card so it's like dude they're and they're constantly updating and giving it new dlcs and like all this for online mostly not for the actual story mode but it, rockstar is is the creme de la creme. I don't care what anybody says. People keep on asking when they're going to make a Grand Theft Auto 6, and all I can say is quit buying Grand Theft Auto 5, and then they will. Like, until they see the sales in GTA 5 go down, they're not going to make a 6. They're apparently working on 6 and or a game that's based in, like, not the Renaissance period, but, like, that style like yeah. old like medieval style like rockstar doing a medieval game that sounds fucking intriguing to me you know but uh i don't think it has anything to do with grand theft auto 6 yeah uh, but i did hear a lot of rumors uh online about that too so i don't know did it i've always i've been playing grand theft auto since the first one on playstation one like so i'm i'm a fan gta is my shit gta and jackass like are like right here for my upbringing and wrestling, you know, is right there in the middle. There's these two, and there's this. The balls are GTA, and 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 the other one I said, and the and the dick shaft and head is wrestling. That's, uh, my, that's my upbringing. Oh, jackass! But yeah, so the jackass GTA, and then this part is wrestling. Did you ever play the jackass video game? Fucking love that game. Okay. Nobody really knows about it. The game was amazing. It was stupid and it was hard as fuck sometimes, but it was <laughs> awesome. Like I have everything Jackass has ever produced on DVD or Blu-ray, everything that Bam has ever done, all the CKYs, where the fuck is Santa, Haggard, uh, Ming Hags, like every offshoot that I could possibly find on DVD, I have all of it. Uh, like that was like I said, wrestling and jackass. Like is what made me the man I am today. Remember when uh, Steve-O and uh, Chris Pontius showed up on Raw? Yeah, that was and awful. and Umaga and Steve-O would not sell, so Umaga was just fucking Beat him up the even breaks more. off that motherfucker, dude. It, Steve-O actually talks about that in his podcast, uh, and uh, he was like, "Yeah, dude, I didn't know. <laughs> like, I, I, you know, nobody really told me how to act." So I just went in there was like, what the fuck? And I'm getting my ass beat by this dude named Umago who doesn't speak English. He said that. Like, obviously he did, but uh, it's like, yeah, well, that, that was not your fault. That was WWE's fault. But No, WWE could have handled that way better. They could have at least have not brought them in at all. Like, that was bad. <laughs> but what, <laughs> do you ex- what do you expect when you have these stuntmen show up to pro wrestling? Like, they're going to do... The mo- like, I guarantee you if they told Steve-O, hey, you're going to jump off the Titantron, Steve-O would have done it without a suspender. If it was Steve-O now, I'd have been all for it because he he'd have done, he he actually, like Steve-O in another uh, dimension would have been a great pro wrestler for a short, like for ECW or something. Yeah. You know, like he really would have if he had been into wrestling. But neither one, Chris Pontius, didn't give a flying fuck about wrestling. Like Steve-O probably did not give a fuck about wrestling, but really didn't give a fuck about wrestling. So in that case, you know, it was a bad, it was a, it was a rough choice, but 
they're stuntmen though. So like you said, you know, in another realm, they could have actually done some really good work in, in wrestling, but that was just wasn't that when they were doing the, the guest GM shit? No, it was I think they were just doing it to uh promote Jackass two. Because it happened in like 06. Because it was yeah, a lead up like that. It was a lead up to SummerSlam. I know that much. It was a lead up to SummerSlam, and they were supposed to have Jackass. The Jackass crew do something at SummerSlam, but after that, uh, what's it called? Whatever their production company is, MTV's uh, Cockhouse Promotions or whatever, they oh, shut yeah. it down. They were like, "We're not doing this. We're we're done." Dick, Dick House. Dick House. Dick House. That's close what enough. it is. Fairly close. Wrestling. That's my dick house. <laughs> but uh, what's it called? Um, I'm trying to think of what it because I remember it happened on a Raw, and then they, like I said, they were supposed to do something at SummerSlam. I think Johnny Knoxville <laughs> was supposed to be the host of SummerSlam or something. But then, yeah, like I just got after Steve O got his shit fucked and got literally beat to death on TV. Rightfully so. It. <laughs> It was ridiculous. Uh, ridiculous. So, so let me say, just clarify at the end of all of this. Um, my love for jackass and wrestling, I like to keep them two motherfuckers separate because they did not go very well together. Let me, except for when Bam did a Viva La Bam where he had wrestlers beat up his dad and Don Vito. That was funny as fuck. But what? Guys, yeah, it was in Viva La Bam. He built a ring underneath the treetop casino and they had like this big wrestling brawl and they had these two rest I, I don't even honestly i never even really looked into who the two guys were that he brought in they were under masks my good uh but uh they came out and they beat the shit out of don Vito and phil uh but it, that was hilarious but having jackass go to the wrestling world instead of the wrestling world coming to jackass nah no no, definitely not. Remember? No. Uh, my favorite, my favorite, one of my favorite jackass stunts is the shopping center boxing where Butterbean, oh, yeah. Butterbean knocks Johnny Knoxville out and Johnny Knoxville wakes up and he goes, is Butterbean okay? Yeah. <laughs> and he's <laughs> bleeding from the back of his Uncle head. Man. Yeah, good old Uncle Knoxville. Always fucking... Always, always sharp and on point, even with a concussion. Did you, uh, do you hear the report that they just put out for Jackass Five? The stunt that happened that went horribly wrong. Four or yeah, four, four. Uh, I heard there was a couple. I mean, yeah, that. I I don't know how I feel about the whole scenario at this point because it's all kind of sad. Um, but I'm gonna watch it because I'm a Jackass loyalist. Yeah, if that's even a thing. But yeah, I heard Steve-O and Knoxville both had some pretty serious injuries already. Um, all the controversy about Bam, you know, not being a part of it. It's honestly because of how much Jackass was a part of my influence in that in those years. Like it's almost like watching all my brothers fight. You know, and it sucks, man, because Bam is not doing good, regardless of what he says or does. Like, he's obviously not okay. And uh, I hope that dude finds whatever it is he needs to find to get himself uh, healthy. Um, you know, it's not going to help him get back into the Jackass movie, at least not this one, if they ever do another one for those. But, like, man, you know something's bad when you're basically the second face of jackass and they're and you're not allowed on set you know like that's that sucks man um but like i said i hope i hope he can recover you know steve-o's been not far 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 uh from him you know if he ever needs anybody steve-o's been pretty vocal about the whole scenario um so we'll see i am kind of excited though there is this whole other dynamic that like there's the jackass crew but then there's also this other crew that's a part of it as well that isn't like the directly the jackass guys so not that they're a bunch of young kids but there's it's almost either like some kind of passing of the torch thing or 
whatever it may be but yeah so it's a bunch of old dudes um kicking each other in the balls and stuff i'm sure and uh i'm for it let me just put it that way i'm all about it the one stunt that i heard about was johnny knoxville was they were doing the bull a stunt with a bull like they always do and he was on like roller skates or something and apparently the bull hit johnny knoxville and reports say it sent Johnny Knoxville 40 or not 40, 20 feet in the air, and he landed and was like unconscious. And I'm just like, you can't be doing that when you're in your 40s. Like that can't be good on your body. And I'm hoping that I'm hoping <laughs> like what with you saying that they're having this like second group of people with them, I hope it is like a passing of the torch, uh, passing of the torch, and they do have those guys yeah. do stunts. I don't know if they're trying to like franchise it out again, you know, where they kind of get the, the, the young, the new young and reckless cast of jackass. I don't know if that's the case or not. I haven't really dove that far into it yet, but uh, regard, I mean, I would assume it's going to be similar to them kind of partnering up with the Dudesons or with the guys from nitro Circus and girls from nitro circus. And like, you know, I don't know that that's the case, but you know, I don't know. They're going to have to be some pretty special people to, for me to continue to really uh, be as obsessed with jackass as I have been for all these years, for over 20 years. Um, Cause like you, you can't beat Knoxville, Chris Pontius, Wee Man, Bam, Dunn, you know, like they, they Brandon Dicamello, who is honestly probably the funniest motherfucker of all of those shows, all of those movies, and actually is the one that stays the most out of the spotlight these days. Brandon DiCamello is the funniest dude on the planet. Um, if you've ever watched any of the CKY movies or any of that, like you know exactly what I'm saying. And Viva La Bam, he was on that every episode too. But he was Bam's right-hand man when it came to like coming up with ideas and all that kind of thing. Brandon DiCamello was a genius. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, I. Uh, it's crazy how much Jackass did expand. I guess you could say because they had Viva La Bam, then they had uh, Wild Boys, and then they had Steve O had his own TV show for a while. Shit, uh, Rake Yawn and I think it was yeah, it was Rake Yawn and Brandon Dicamello had their own one-off series. I think it only lasted like five episodes, but it was like a video game show. Uh, who else? There was another one. Ryan Dunn had his prank show, which was actually awesome. I forget what it was called, but it was hilarious. So yeah, they all got their own little spinoffs, and it was it was cool. Rab himself now has his own podcast called I think it's called Bathroom Break, which is really cool. He goes back and like interviews all the old dudes and and stuff like that. But uh, but yeah, man, I love those guys, man. It's a good time. No, definitely, definitely. I remember when Ryan Dunn passed away, that was horribly upset. And that's what really broke Bam. Oh, yeah. I can relate to that. Like, that that was horrible. Because from my understanding, wasn't it him and Bam were hanging out and then Ryan left Bam's house or something like that? And If I'm not mistaken, Ryan – I don't know if Bam was there um, – Ryan and a close friend of theirs who was never really on any of the movies or anything. He was just, you know, he was never a character on the show. Yeah. Um, really close old friend of theirs left a bar and, you know, Ryan being the kind of dude he was, he, he, he liked fast cars and he liked drinking, you know, and that's never a good combination for anybody. So, but yeah, he, uh, he was going down a road that they used to go down their entire lives. You know, they, they were in their old neighborhood and uh, he was just going too fast, hit the corner too fast, and, and that's when the accident happened. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I, Bam may have been there. I'm not sure. Uh, but, but yeah, man, that was, that's some crazy shit, you know. That, you never know. That's one of those things, man. Tell your people you love them when you can because you just never know sometimes. Oh, definitely. That's something I'm realizing the older I get because I've only been graduated for four years now and I've already seen, I want to say like at least eight or nine kids that were in my graduating class pass away. And I'm just like, how? Like, that's just 
It's the one yeah, thing man. that sucks about growing up. Like, it sucks. Rather it be from yeah. drugs or just accidents. Yeah, my buddy, my buddy Hutch, man. Like, that's, you know, anybody who knows me personally, like, is pretty close to me. You know, if they didn't know Hutch, they definitely have heard me talk about him. I always have a lot of, like, Hutch's Legend, either shirts or I got koozie cups. I, like, I'm always supporting the whole Hutch's Legend thing, um, which is a play on the band. He is Legend. Uh, but, yeah, man, like, you know, not in Ryan Dunn's situation, which I'm sure it had some to do with it, but, you know, and, and, and the guys from BFR just talked about this here recently, too, um, and on Good Cop, Bad Cop podcast. Uh, you know, mental health is a fucking – is a real thing and it's serious as fuck these days, man. And I th- I don't think it's any less serious than it's ever been, but nobody's really, you know, our generation collectively has really uh, honed in and paid attention to people's mental health. And it's serious, man. Like my buddy Hutch, good dude. Like honestly, my hustle for content and playing games on Twitch and that whole thing, like that all came from him. He was, he was really fucking good at it, man. And, and among other things, he was an amazing drummer. He, he was extremely musically talented. Like he, one of the coolest dudes anybody would ever meet, you know, but behind the scenes, he was struggling with a lot of fucking demons that, that nobody could help him with necessarily. But if we'd have known a little more, you know, we maybe we would have reached out in different ways more, you know, because in his case, it's one of those rare occasions. We were all all over his ass. It's not like we were never on him you know like asking him how he's doing or keeping up with him we always were but that's just a goes to show man your mental health is serious oh definitely problems i would rather and this goes out to anybody including yourself you know that's that's watching listening or or whatever like whether you know me or not but you feel comfortable with me or whatever the case may be like i would rather hear your story than find out on facebook or twitter that you know something crazy happened you know exactly there's always someone who's willing to, to, to talk to you. And uh, I'm not even, I'm not kidding even in the slightest. If, if you know, my, my DMs are always open for anybody who, who's struggling and needs just to dump whatever bullshit you've got on your mind. Like if nobody else is listening, there's always somebody that's willing to listen. Um, and I'm just, I'm kind of reaching out the hand and, and the olive branch on that one, man. You know, like that shit's serious. It's real shit, you know? Um, no definitely but yeah so uh don't want to end it there because that's on a sad note uh but what i do with all my guests is if i uh, all my guests i have them give one piece of advice rather it be related to your profession or just life in general what is it just any piece of advice uh you know just from personal experience because you know i'm on this podcast today because I guess in some way or another, I've inspired the person in charge of the podcast to, to do what we're doing. Um, that being said, I'm not the best at keeping up the hustle. I'm real good at it in the beginning, and then it kind of fizzles out. So I guess really my only, my only real uh, piece of advice is when you get to that point, that day where you just can't do it, whatever it may be, your job what you're passionate about, whatever. Um, The day when you're having the hardest struggle where you just want to take a break, fucking do that shit that day anyway. Because you're, and then you'll go to bed that night and you'll be exhausted because you did something over and above what you thought you could physically or mentally do in that moment. The next day you're going to wake up with a whole new fucking view on life. You know, like you'll have new energy you didn't have the day before because you did it. You know, you you hit that last rep. Like if I'm working out, if my rep ends at 20, I hit 21 or 22 because that proves that I was able to do more. You know, like, I yeah, I can stop at 20 and be even or I can go to 21 and just prove to myself that I, I could do more than just that rep. It's the same thing with anything else in life, man. Like, so just keep fucking going. You take your time if you need it. Again, going back to the mental health thing. If you need some time, fucking take your time. There's there's nobody can judge you for that shit. They're going to, and maybe they will, or, or maybe they won't, but fuck them. You know, do your thing. Take care of you. But in all reality, if you've got something you're passionate about and that you want to do, 
do that shit every day, even when you don't want to do it, because it's the only way it's going to continue to work. Um, you know, and I'm only saying that advice. I'm, I'm being devil's advocate here because I'm not the greatest at doing it. I have a million ideas and a million projects I like to work on, you know, with the hot sauce and, and you know, trying to get myself, you know, into the wrestling world and still trying to do be a content creator and writing my movies and all this shit. Like, just keep going. Just do it. Like, I don't know. What's that dude's name from Transformers that did that meme? But just do it. Oh, Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. As silly as that shit is, man, like, that's real. That's super real. Like, just fucking shut up and do it. You're your, you're your own worst enemy. We all are. And as soon as you can tell yourself to go fuck yourself, I'm doing this shit, you're going to be better off in the long run. Exactly, exactly. Uh, you want to let the people know where they can find you if they want to support you anywhere? Uh, so you can find me at the local bar, uh, mostly Chili's. Um, I, I, I also take donations of the triple dipper. I like the chicken crispers, the honey, uh, chipotle chicken crispers, the, uh, habanero, mango habanero chicken crispers, the Southwest egg rolls and the onion petals. You can also find me on Twitter at 3013 TV, uh, Facebook, Lucha Chris Merzano. There's also, uh, at Merzano garden goods. That's my, uh, our, our family's produce company for my hot sauces and stuff like that. Um, and, uh, and then also just because I always have to do it, make sure to also check out band from ringside podcast. Uh, and always as always last but not least, give it up for your boy splits. Dude is killing it fucking badass podcast and the patreon three tiers motherfuckers you can't there's no excuse it's cheap get your shit in but yeah that's where you can find me man all right well thanks for being on oh chilies chilies triple dipper every time dipper it's the best tell and tell chilies lucha chris marzano sent you i'm not sponsored by the way i'm just a fucking big ass fan just a big ass fan. Uh, anyways, thanks for being on, man. This is something I've wanted to happen for a while. I mean, from the time I started this, I wanted you on. Just I'm horrible at getting guests. I forget to reach back out to them. So, but I mean, we hey, made it fucking happen. At least, at least none of this has anything to do with Walmart, eh? I'm just kidding. Anyway, don't go there. Don't even go there. I'm just fucking with you. Yeah. Go. <laughs> Oh. Don't even go there. I should have said it. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways, that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, don't know what else to say after this. I'll have this out sometime soon. Before, after, I don't know. It'll probably be out after Anarchy. Maybe. Anyways. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. Oh, looking forward to watching it at home or watching it uh, in person. Oh no! When this when this podcast comes out, not anarchy. I mean, I'm looking forward to anarchy, but we'll we'll see if I'm there. Anyways, that's gonna do it for this episode, guys. Don't forget to like, to like, subscribe, leave a review, all of that fun stuff. Peace out. Fuck you, nephew. <laughs>